0: At the beat, know that many of our listeners are having a tough time, from high-stakes political wrangling to chaos in global cryptocurrency markets. So we thought we'd take this episode to break you out of the monotony of your doom scrolling and talk a bit about some developments and people continuing to make a world of difference in times of good and bad. Now this week we wanted to draw your attention to Atmos Financial. That's A T M O S Financial. A fintech platform designed to not only offer FDIC insured banking services, but to also shift money away from activities that harm the environment and towards those that can mitigate climate change. Now, as you'll hear in this great conversation with Atmos CEO Robbie Mickelson and Julian Ha, a partner at Hydric and Struggles and our Fintech Beat co host, there's a new movement in town to promote climate positive banking by allowing depositors to track the carbon impact of their bank deposits it's a novel kind of transparency that in our view just may be the start of even greater opportunities to come in the middle sun really beats down that's why it stays warm all year round as you move away higher latitudes are colder climate zones tropical temperate polar
1: so you know the Welcome Robbie to Fintech Beat. Just Thank you so much Julian it's a pleasure to be here so, so just, to, just to back it up one, so you started a neobank, right, taking deposits from folks like myself and others, and you are taking those funds and loaning them, or, or, or whatever the right word is, <laughs> into climate-positive infrastructure, right, such as solar, tree planting, perhaps, and other things. Is that, is that right, Robbie? We operate more like a traditional bank than most neobanks. We have set up our
2: system so that people's deposits come into Atmos and then they flow through our sponsor bank because we are not a, a chartered bank ourselves. So it has to sit somewhere so that our customers can have FDIC insurance. So it goes to our sponsor bank and then we have set up additional correspondent banking relationships. So these are additional legal agreements that we've set up between those banks and our sponsor bank so that they can receive our deposits and then they have to use them for a specified purpose. In this case, funding renewable energy. So how much fossil, fossil generation, uh, fossil generated electricity will, uh, will, will, will avoid. And so with that, we can say on a per dollar deposited basis, how much impact that a person is having on a, you know, pounds per year, uh, so it's a dollar per, pounds per dollar deposited per year basis. Uh, so it's about you know one point eight five pounds per dollar deposited
1: per year at the moment. And and why did you think? I mean, how did you come up with this idea? I I know you've been in the in the climate solution space for years, right? So and, and maybe you can touch a little bit on your origin story, right? Maybe yeah. That, that's how you got to this point.
2: Yeah. So. Ravi, uh, my first name, it means the sun. It's Sanskrit. I was born in India, named by a monk in India. Uh, so I would tell people I was destined to get into clean energy with the first name. You know, Solar is my first name. But when I entered into college, it was at my freshman orientation at the University of Washington up in Seattle. Go Huskies. Uh, big W <laughs> behind me um, on the wall. They separated us out into engineers and, and, and normal folk. Um, and in our small would be engineering group, this woman came in to talk about this, uh, program where we'd, it's a research exchange program where we'd be able to do research with graduate students right away. So we're helping them on their projects. Uh, and there was a, a host of different ideas, but when she said renewable energy, it's like the room gets dark and there's heat in my chest and this voice in my head says, this is your mission in life, Ravi. So for the last 22 years i've spent some part of every day working at this whether it's starting a new company working at a nonprofit, it's having a conversation with a friend about what type of appliance they should get or a vehicle uh, or no vehicle at all and use a bike more Um, so it's this is where i want to spend all of my working uh years on um And so, I started as a graduated with a materials engineering degree. So I started in the actual physical side, the atom side, uh, and was working on energy generation for many years. uh, Shifted from the physical side into um, energy modeling and control uh, through software, uh, and built some of the. you know some of the first carbon footprint calculators back in like 06 to 09 uh when they were the when they were popular and then uh in 2015 it's like that's when i went to a department of energy sunshot uh program event and for those that don't know uh the department of energy sunshot program was an initiative launched i believe in 2012 or 2013 uh to get the cost of the soft cost of solar down so that's the financing marketing um, permitting labor etc etc not labor but uh, the administration of those things um, drop those costs significantly and so they had certain targets for the cost of solar whether that was utility so i got in with the idea of how do we shift the the, the the sale of solar and the financing of it into the home purchase and the mortgage uh, finance it with the mortgage uh, and there's some structural issues around that particularly it's like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac purchase I think something like three quarters of all um, uh, of all mortgages uh, in the country and so no bank is going to alter the mortgage to include solar and then it's now out of scope for Fannie and Freddie to buy it so it's sort of a non-starter so it wasn't quite right for that at the time but i knew that we needed to get financing of these projects into bank uh, bank financing home equity is the cheapest for uh for homeowners and it's typically for you know new commercial construction fleet uh you know fleet turnover so it's like how do we use bank deposits to do this uh late 2018 the IPCC, that's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, uh, part of the UN's body, they released a report that says this transition, uh, you know, the transition is happening, it's faster and faster. And if we want to stay below one and a half degrees centigrade uh, of total temperature rise by 2100, we need to start deploying four to six trillion dollars on this transition every year. Massive market. It's like, okay, this is both a goal from a climate perspective, but also a massive opportunity from a business perspective. And it's like, why don't we get a say with what our deposits do? And I was looking, I was like, there was no climate positive banking entity out at the time where I could go and put my money and have it hundred percent be go to this and be scalably go, you know, scalable globally so that's when I got started. It was early 2019. A uh, couple months into my research, I met my co-founder and our CEO, COO, Pete Helwig. He is uh, a banker by training. And so he has spent his career mostly on the project finance uh, side and looking at do- financing large scale projects, utility, wind, that sort of thing. Um And he worked at very large banks he also worked at a small b corp bank here in the bay area called new resource bank which was acquired by amalgamated Uh, and then he left amalgamated joined me in mid 2019 Uh, and then we really got started that fall got our first investment in early 2020 just before the pandemic started uh and so then all and then there was a long period of waiting. Uh, then we got some more investment and we 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 launched uh, our MVP in January of 2021. So we're not even yet two years out in the market, um, but we've had some phenomenal growth, which shows not only the amazing efforts uh, of the team, our, our engineers are phenomenal and putting out some really great product that people want, but it's also it's the change of the zeitgeist. Hmm. People want their money to fund, you know, a better world for us all. They want clean. People want cleaner air. They want clean water and they want a good solid banking product, but I don't believe people are really stuck on a brand. It's such a commoditized product that if you can give them
1: more of what they want, they will switch. So, so this is available to anyone in the any u.s resident is that is that the, the customer base and can you yeah so anyone anyone here here um, if you have a social security
2: number you're over 18 years old uh, we should be able to open an account for you uh, we're working also on allowing basically so this is as this is a fintech podcast people know about kyc and and all of that and it's really about U.S. KYC versus uh, international KYC, and we're working on with our w- with our bank partner, uh, our base platform, and our and our sponsor bank about allowing international customers starting you know maybe next year. Uh, so we'll hopefully be able to expand beyond just U.S. residents with the social security number.
1: Okay, and so w- with the current base customers, can you maybe double click a little bit on that? Give us a little bit of color. Who's the typical? customer that, that signs up for, with an account.
2: Yeah. Um, I was just doing some analysis last night, actually, and it's hard to say, a quote unquote, typical customer. So we're in all 50 states plus DC and Puerto Rico uh, for our customers. We range from 18 to 85. Uh, the the biggest group is sort of in that 35 to 50 uh, year range. Um. But in turn, but it's yeah. You know, it's not just people in the climate space that are signing up. It's like I said, lawyers, recruiters, engineers, uh, firefighters, police, uh, librarians, students. It's everybody wants you know, a better world. We pay a lot more than Chase or Wells Fargo are. We have web and mobile apps, and they can guarantee that hundred percent of their their deposits are funding this transition, and we want it to not only fund utility scale projects, but we're also working on getting financing using these deposits to finance projects, you know, for people themselves. So, um, get a customer of ours; you'll soon be able to get loans for your business or for your home, and we want to help accelerate. This transition for everyone.
1: What's just to, to take a quick detour? I mean, what, what's the regulatory landscape um, that governs neobanks? Is it any different from the chartered bank that you're you're sort of uh, you know sponsoring you, or is it is it um, is it not not clear? I'm not an expert
2: in this. i not a lawyer or a <laughs> regular accountant, so uh, anything I say, take with you. A good box of salt, um, but as an unregulated or semi-regulated fintech company, we don't have the same diversification requirements that a chartered bank or credit union will have, uh, which are ri- you know are really around risk mitigation. So if a charter banks going to take their deposits, use them as backstop to put everything into crypto or into tulips you know in in holland in the 1600s it's like great this is a booming market and then it drops out now those deposits are at risk and so you know they require some diversification to have a certain level risk weighting, um per my understanding and so we don't have to do that. So we can take some of our deposits and go to this bank and they've got appetite to do some solar and this bank has some appetite to do some more solar. Uh, And so we're helping those banks to understand what the market is and then getting them our deposits so that they can start making these loans. And we're we're starting to see that more banks are are interested in this. Uh, They're starting to purchase loans. ESG has become as a term uh, which is environmental, social, and governance. Uh, it's a it's a metric to measure you know, the performance on these three different uh, areas, but it's sort of cobbled into one. And so, you know, a lot of banks are like, "Oh, we need to work better on our ESG rankings," and. One can pull, you know, you, you can do really good on social. Like, I forget what oil company, you know, it was, I think it was Chevron or Exxon, something like that, or got a great score on social because they were hiring uh, groups from the indigenous community in Canada for the tar sands projects, which were rapidly destroying the local environments and also our global environment. So it's just like their ESG ranking is higher than Tesla's, which has had some bad social and governance scores because of some work-related issues uh, at their factory. But they're making these amazing electric vehicles, which are shifting us off of fossil fuels. So it's like in cobbling them together, you can have these things that create this great dichotomy. And banks are wrestling with that right now. They see that the writing on the wall, that the transition is happening and there's pressure from customers, from employees, from their investors. It's like, hey, how do we do more here?
1: Is there something inherent about your business model, Revy, that, that you think is gonna, you know, allow Atmos to continue to succeed and or, or maybe allow other entrants to, to come in or not? I mean. I do think so. I think that we do
2: have a, a our secret sauce, I, you know, I think is, um, is working um where others you know have not both conventional and uh sustainable or climate focused neobanks uh, you know have not uh been able to succeed we we are moving forward we're growing uh growing quite rapidly right now and ultimately can we move six trillion dollars i would I, you know that'd be great if we could build that marketplace ourselves much more likely is that we pave the path and we show that others can do this too. Um, And because we're going to need a lot of people working in this and a a lot of money moved from the fossil fuel energy infrastructure towards clean energy sources and uh,
1: electrification. So as you mentioned, six trillion is the bogey is is the annual amount you said that that is required to be invested to to sort of uh make that paradigm shift, roughly, right? Yeah, and it was it was
2: six trillion per year, you know, it was it was four to six trillion per year, and it was we were supposed to start in twenty sixteen. Yeah, okay. was like okay.
1: so where where so, are we on that? <laughs> not oh, not to depress everyone, but where yeah, are we?
2: Yeah, we're at uh around yeah, I think we crossed one trillion last year globally so we have quite a ways to go um, but thing is with these markets is that they're growing at you know 40 percent compounding annually like these are very fast grind markets EVs are still a, a tiny fraction but you see now in other countries also in the US that there's you know, fastest growing sectors and so within a few years you get those doublings in 08 now it's a meaningful component. Now it's a significant portion. Now it's the, you know, the the leading sales uh, vehicle type, and soon it will be a hundred percent of sales.
1: This has been a fascinating discussion, Ravi. Thank you so much for joining me on Fintech Beat, and we wish you and Atmos all the very very best. Great, thank you so much, Julian. This has been a lot of fun, and. I hope
2: it illuminates the possibility for the power of our deposits for for some of the listeners.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Changing the world can happen in many,
1: many different
0: ways. And the good news is that for all of our great challenges, many of the most interesting solutions will come from some of the most unusual of places. Indeed, I think that if there's anything positive to come out of all of the market tumult of late is that it's forcing people to think seriously about not just what they invest in, but why. It's a hunch that now more than ever, thinking hard about where you leave your money and what that money is used for is an opportunity that can lead to not only better protections for consumers, but maybe better outcomes for the planet as well. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love to get your feedback. If you'd like to get in touch, just hit me up at Chris Brummer, D-R. That's at C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-M-M-E-R-D-R. We'd love to hear from you.